Hi, my name is Brandon. I'm Ryan. And I'm Isaac, and we are the King's Advocate Podcast. Uh, you might notice that one of our guys is missing today. He's pretty busy right now, and he wasn't able to be with us. And we're kind of on a time constraint with uh, with recording, so we're just going to go ahead and go along without him, unfortunately. Uh, but for today, we're going to be studying in the book of John, chapter 8. Uh, this this one's going to be a little bit different, I think, because instead of one of us putting a study together and all of us going over it, we've all uh, each done a little bit of study on this passage, and we're just kind of talk about what we learned and the things that we uh, took from it and, you know, applications that we could take from it. So, uh, but to begin, first of all, we want to say that we're not scholars, we're not uh we're not experts in any way, shape, or form. We're just a bunch of friends who like studying the Bible and like talking about it with each other. And that was the reason for this podcast was to talk to each other about Scripture. So uh, we're going to go ahead and dive right into it. John chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 2, I think, and go through 11. It says, Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst, or and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So that's the passage and the and the story that we're looking at today. And we're just going to talk about it a little bit and try to get some conversation about what this story means and how it applies to us. So, uh, first of all, do you guys have any, like, what jumped out at you guys when we were looking over this story, first of all? Um, Well, when I read it, I I just, I mean, obviously, the the very end of the story is what what jumps out at you the most. But um, I guess I just really thought about how, you know, back then... And today, it's still applicable. People, humans, want to. We we have this tendency to want to condemn condemn people for doing something wrong when we do we do things wrong all the time. You know, I guess specifically when it comes to the church, I was thinking about this this morning. How you know if somebody does something, it, it's almost like you get a black mark on yourself, and you really can't recover from that depending on, you know, whatever it is you do. And I, and, and I thought about that in reference to this story and just how, you know, these men, these sinful men were willing to, you know, they were willing to kill her. They were willing to, to stone her. Right. And uh, and Jesus, who was perfect, Lord of glory, he was the one who, you know, that, that law was in accordance with his, with his, uh, with his character. You know, he was, he was God. He had, he, uh, he understood that law perfectly, but he wasn't willing to, to kill this woman. He was willing to forgive her and tell her to, you know, go and sin no more. And I just, I mean, the, the contrast between unmerciful, sinful men and uh, sinful uh, and sinless, perfect, uh, merciful God, you know, 
I just think there's there's such a huge contrast there. There was this guy named Samuel Say who I followed on Instagram until I, I got rid of Instagram. And uh, he, he has a quote that I wish I could give it word for word because I, I love the quote, but it went something along the lines of, God is infinitely more perfect than us, and he is also infinitely more gracious than us. And I thought that quote was, was pretty amazing because, I mean, he's spot on. Humans are not gracious, we're not merciful, we're not forgiving. We struggle with all that. And God, who is so much better than us and who would have a right to not be forgiving and have a right to not be gracious, is. And I think that contrast is just, it stands out here pretty perfectly, pretty, pretty obviously. Right. I, th- I think that's a, that's a really good point to bring up in this, in this story that Jesus had every right to say, yeah, stone this woman. I mean, she's, she's an adulterous stoner. But instead of that, he, just, he chose to have mercy on her. And I think it's interesting that they would bring this up to Jesus because what they were asking him to do was, okay, tell us what to do now. And they knew that no matter how he answered, it would be a trap. Mm-hmm. If he said, yes, stone her, they would say, well, that's not your place to decide. You're not a judge. Mm-hmm. But if he said, well, just let her go, then they could say, well, you're not taking the law seriously. So no matter what he said, they thought they could trap him and show that, okay, he's not really who he says he is because he doesn't know the law like we do. Right. So I think that's that's really important to bring up that he, not only did he just not answer it, but he stooped to the ground as though he didn't hear them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Well, I think whenever he stooped to the ground um, like he didn't hear them, it kind of makes me think that he was making sure he knew exactly what he wanted to say. Like he was taking time to, he didn't just say the first thing that most of us would do, something that I would do. I would just say kind of the first thing that came to mind and said he kind of just seems like he was, I don't know, thinking about what to say and instead of just speaking off of instinct in that case. Huh. I hadn't thought about that before. Because it says then they continued asking him. So they asked him multiple times and then he finally answered. Right. And asked and told them. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a that's a good point. I mean it's uh it is pretty pretty common to want to speak off the cuff and just give the first thing that you hear, especially when you hear something bad about about somebody. You, yeah. You don't generally generally taking a minute to stop and think is, is not what, what I do. Yeah. I think it's interesting that these people like there there was no real reason for Jesus to believe that she was caught in adultery. They just brought him brought her to him and was like, hey, she was caught in adultery. We caught her in the act. Okay. <laughs> there's no legal process there. This just we just grabbed her out of the bed and we just took her here. I mean, <laughs> there's no legal process and they're like, what should we do with her? Well, I think I think under Moses's law it had to be un, uh, under two witnesses. Yeah. Something like two that. Two witnesses to establish a matter. So, I mean, depending on how many there were, I guess. But that does seem like an odd situation, just... Right? Like, like how did you catch her? <laughs> it seems like saying. they kind of wanted to catch her. Right. I think that they were doing everything they could to try to disprove Jesus, and this was just one of the avenues they decided to take, was just, okay, this is definitely going to happen. We know it's going to happen, so let's just grab her while she's, you know... Instead of trying to help the person and stop this person from committing adultery, right. let's let them and then use that to try and trap Jesus. Right. And then obviously, uh, one that I, one that has been pointed out in most lessons I've heard about this was, you know, they were convicted 
you know, by their own conscience and start at the eldest and, and goes down all the way to the to the youngest. I think that speaks to wisdom there. Or maybe just, you know, most, you know, most, the older you get, the more sin you're going to have in your life. So That's I don't fair. know. I don't know. Uh, I think it, 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 it does speak at least to them. You know, they're not just completely heartless. You know, they, they, they understood. They had a conscience that said, you know, we, we do have sin in our own lives. So I think that's something that can be counted for them. You know, for all the time that we talk about how bad the scribes and the Pharisees are, this is one time that we can say, okay, they did the right thing. Yeah. I don't necessarily know that that's true. I mean, yes, they, they walked away, but I don't think it's because they decided, you know what, let's be merciful to this woman. It's because they thought, oh, I'm exactly the same as this woman. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily that they were like, okay, so this could be me in the situation. They're like, oh, that is me in the situation, and I need to get out of here. <laughs> well, no, I, I was just saying that, um, I was just saying that they, they at least acknowledged their own sin. You right. Know, they acknowledged that. They, I'm not saying that they particularly cared for this woman. I mean, they, they were. I don't quite, think they, I don't think they did at all. Right. I, I mean, mean, they dragged her out to the streets and was like, let's stone this girl. <laughs> but you know, I don't think, I, I don't remember, um, where I heard this, but in like by by about the New Testament times, the the Jews had kind of they had stopped doing stuff like this. I mean, even though their law required things like this, like stoning adulteresses, stoning stoning people for like working on the Sabbath, how that man was stoned for picking up sticks, mm-hmm. they'd kind of gotten away from that in the New Testament days. Even though they were still living under the Old Testament, they they didn't do that very much. And I don't know if it was a hundred percent because of the Roman government occupation or if it was because they as a society had stopped wanting to you know kill people I I don't know I I don't know it it seems odd but I I imagine it probably was somewhat because of uh, probably somewhat because of the Roman occupation I'd like to study that more because I think it's a interesting it's an interesting study because I mean even when even when Jesus they wanted to kill Jesus they didn't they got the Romans to do it you know right but yeah I mean Everything about this situation was just wrong. And by legal standpoints, by moral standpoints, it was just... You you almost have to think, like, what in the world were they thinking was going to happen? <laughs> but They were trying really hard. Yeah, they were pulling out of stops. Uh, Brandon, what, what do you think jumped out most to you in this story? Is it similar? Well, or? the thing that jumped out at me was the stooping down part that we talked about earlier, about how... Um, other than, obviously, the end, um, which stands out to most people. Um, other than that, it was really whenever he stooped down uh, like he didn't hear them, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, those kinds of things that were just like, I wonder why he stooped down and just ignored them. Well, I mean, it doesn't really tell us necessarily what he was thinking whenever he stooped down like that. But, you know, it's something that we all can do whenever say we're forced in the, in a situation like this. And I know lots of times I've been in that situation. Not this exact situation, but <laughs> many situations where like people have tried to set you up by um, right. the things that they say. And I've kind of just like said some stuff that, you know, I didn't really know necessarily what I was talking about or things like that. And it, you know, it didn't really make sense. It didn't really fit well into what we were all talking about. And it really just made me look like an idiot. <laughs> and, um, you know, if I would have stopped and thought about what I was saying and really thought about the things that I had been taught growing up about what to say in these situations, then I would have 
maybe, maybe not, but maybe I would have had a better knowledge of what to say in that moment. Um, and that kind of just uh, stood out to me about how whenever he, Jesus was first asked, he didn't just say the first thing um, that came to his mind, which I think the first thing that came to his mind was what he said, because I don't think Jesus would um, be wrong. Be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can see that being a good example for us to yeah. think about what we say before we say it. That's a good, that's a good point. I haven't, I've never thought about that before. I mean, I've wondered why, but I've never thought you know, maybe he was setting an example for us to think about think about what we say before we say it. That's a good point, Brendan. I think it's a biblical precept, uh, precept principle, too, uh, because you know, like Proverbs said, he the answer is answers a matter before he hears it. Uh, what, what, how exactly does that go? Do you remember? Uh, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it is it is folly and shame unto him. That's Proverbs eighteen and verse thirteen. Okay, so yeah, it's a biblical precept principle i can't say that word (laughs) but it's that's a biblical teaching that we ought to be able to think before we speak not necessarily it is i don't know if it's exactly what jesus was doing in this instance but that that's a good point that if this did happen to us or anything like this happened to us that we should be able to go okay let me think about this for two minutes or even it, like they continued to ask him, like they asked him over and over and over again, and he still stooped down and, and wrote in the ground. I'd like to know what he was writing, honestly, just a yeah. curiosity in me, but not that it really matters. But it's funny that it says as though he did not hear, and that's kind of the reason why I think that probably wasn't exactly what he was doing, like thinking about it, but he was just kind of like, Let's, let me just give them a chance to think this through for a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... Well, think about what you're doing for just a second. But I don't know. Uh, that is that is a good point to bring up, though. That we ought to be slow to he- or slow to wrath and swift to hear things like that. Yeah, and slow, not just slow to speak. Yeah, James one nineteen says, "Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath." Yeah. Two ears, one mouth. That old, you know, that old saying. God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. And it seems a lot easier to use your mouth more than your ears. Mm-hmm. That's very true. <laughs> and what is it? In, in Proverbs, it says, in the multitude of words, there wanted not sin. Right, yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to be caught up in what you're saying than what you're hearing. Like, it, it seems odd that we would need to hear something like, don't answer a matter before you hear it. Yeah. But then we go out and we talk to people, and it's like, okay, let me explain to you why you're wrong. And they're like, well, I didn't say that at all. (laughs) Well, and it it is hard to get the grasp of a situation if you you don't listen, because there's a lot of different sides to most every story. Right. Most stories are not just cut and dry. This is how it was. Uh, You know, you can't really normally get that from just one perspective. You normally need to hear multiple people talk about something before you— Which is why witnesses— have mm-hmm. to be involved in a lot of those things. Yeah, It's not just because we want a whole bunch of people involved in our business, but because we need to be able to establish what's been said, what's been done. Mm-hmm. And like even in our legal court system, a, a witness can convict somebody a lot easier than circumstantial evidence or even hard evidence. Like if you have a witness there that says, yes, this man did it, then that's yep. it. Yeah. Especially if you have multiple witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean... Really, I think obviously what Jesus was trying to teach here was was uh, was mercy, and that is, I mean, he displays it. We were 
So we were listening to this song called, uh, I think, My Boy by, I, I can't remember who it's by, but it's about this guy who, he marries this woman, and the woman has, like, a, a son already. He's, like, a six-year-old or eight-year-old son, mm-hmm. and he basically becomes a father to this boy. And uh, we were just talking about how adoption is, like, one of the most selfless, godlike forms of love that there is on the earth, in my opinion, because... I mean, that's what he did for us. Exactly. That's, that's, what, my, that's what my point was, is I was, I was talking about how that's exactly what God did for us. You know, he, he took us even though we, we chose to leave him. You know, we chose to separate from him in, in committing sin. He chose to go, come to us, you know, and, and take us into his, his family because he loved us that much. Mm-hmm. And adoption is just a reflection of us doing that on earth. You know, it's, we're taking on a quote-unquote burden not for ourselves, but specifically because we love this child, we want to take care of this child. And I was talking about how I just think that, you know, when you look at something like adoption, you look at something like how God adopted us into his family, you look at, you just look at God's attitude towards us throughout everything that he does, his, his, his love towards us in sending Jesus, his, his love towards us in, in accepting us into his family, his love towards us in forgiving our sins. You know, I, I just think I just think you look at you look at stories like that, and that's just the most glaring thing you can see. Is you can see the mercy of God, you can see the love of God, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's really hard to to replicate that in our lives sometimes. And I think that there's so many examples in the Bible of Him doing things like that. And the, the way He worded this, you know, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And He's talking to these Pharisees and these scribes here, but I think. We also can be those Pharisees and those scribes at times in our lives. You know, we, we have to understand that he, he can be talking to us if we're not careful. Right. And that's, I think that's what jumped out most at me in this, in this passage is that these Pharisees and scribes and these people came. And they're like, okay, this woman has done wrong. What do you want us to do with her? And they forgot for a minute that they're human beings too. And the Pharisees and scribes are very good at forgetting that they have sins as well. Yeah. And I think that's part of what Jesus was trying to teach them is, you're not any better than her. And that's why he said, he who has no sin casts the first stone. And it convicted them. Because mm-hmm. they had to look at their own selves and be like, uh, well, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, we, we just have to be really careful not to be like them. Because, I mean, right. we can. So It's so easy to be like them. You know, especially just... I think that, you know, living in a physical world makes it really easy to do this because, I mean, your first impression when you see somebody is how they look. And I have had to try to work on myself not to judge somebody based on how they look because, obviously, there's much more than somebody's appearance. There's, There's people who look like the most you know beautiful wonderful people on the earth and they're they're not you know come you come to find out things about them i'm talking mainly about celebrities you know they look like they're great people they act like they're great people but you come to find out bad things about them and there can be people who who look really rough who are like some of the nicest sweetest people you'll meet on the earth so i think uh i think uh i think that there's this story is just really good for us to to examine, you know, do I do I judge people based on how they look, even if they have you know, this person, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. You know, they dead to rights. They knew she was she was a sinner, and he was preaching mercy, even though she had been caught doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think 
I think in the church we sometimes we can, or at least I, can look at people and say, oh, I know, I've known they've done something wrong in their life. So I, you know, and 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 we shouldn't. The first thing we think of when we think of brother or sister so and so should not be that sin. Right. The first thing we should think of is they're our brother, they're our sister. Jesus died for them, and if if Jesus can forgive that sin, if God can forgive them that sin, who am I to hold it against them? You know. Right. I think it's also interesting that when that we're a lot more merciful towards ourselves than we are to other people. Oh, that's a good point. And I think that's really evident in this story even because they were saying, hey, this woman deserves to die for what she's done. And he said, well, you've sinned too. And they went, oh, well, I'm just going to go home now. Not pick up a stone and cast it at me too. It was, I'm just going to go home and hope that that's okay. <laughs> I mean, they they were ready to kill this woman. Yeah. And they looked at their own selves and was like, oh, and they I weren't, leave. They weren't about to just let her go. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if Jesus said, let her go, they would have been like, no, you're not in charge of that. And <laughs> you, you don't know the law, apparently. So, I mean, there was no way that this woman was getting out of this alive. Yeah. Until Jesus said, well, which of you hasn't sinned? Yeah. And then they had to look at themselves and be like, okay, I've done sin as well. And I deserve death as well. Which, honestly, don't we all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all done things that are deserving of death according to the law. So the wages of sin is death. Yeah, the wages of sin is death. Every single sin deserves death, and we've been given mercy. And then we look at other people out in the world or even in the brotherhood or in the kingdom of God, and we say, you know what? They're not that good, <laughs> and they, they don't deserve my love, or they don't deserve to be in the church. What arrogance <laughs> that these people had that they could look at this woman and say, I'm so much better than you that I'm going to put you to death mm-hmm. for what you've done. I think, um, I think it is, like, if we look at it in today's, today's uh, view, it's much, hard, it's much easier to hold that type of grudge against somebody who has personally done you wrong. Yes. Especially, like, in the brotherhood. You know, if, if somebody has done you wrong, has said something to you in the past, it's really easy to hold on to that. It's really easy to think about that every single time you think about that person. It's like, oh, I don't like that person because this one time they were really rude to me. And, you know, there that's 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 a little bit of a different discussion, I guess you could say, because God has prescribed a bunch of different ways for us to handle that. Well, not a bunch of different ways. One way. Go talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know? And we've talked about that on this podcast several times. But um, I just think uh, I just think this story is such a testament against holding grudges. It's such a testament against you know, looking down on people, and, and, and it's, it's a huge, huge uh, testament to, to mercy in, in, in the brotherhood especially, and, and for people who, who aren't in the brotherhood too, you know. It seems like it's an easier thing, for me at times at least, it's been easier for me to forget that I have sin as well. I've got plenty of sin, but it's whenever I've seen someone do wrong or I've seen or heard of someone doing wrong, it's easy for me to think, about you know the wrong that person's done and not my own and it's easy whether they're in the brotherhood or not if they're in the brotherhood i've had the thought process of wow they're a christian and they've done that they should know better they should know better i'm i would never do that and i've had thought process of well they're not as good of a christian as i am because they're sinning but then i have to really remember that you know i might not have done exactly what that person's done but i've done probably sin that they haven't done yeah so, uh, your dad last week talked about uh, 
So Rusty was, was given a lesson about, I can't remember exactly what he was talking about, but he was talking about driving, how he gets the sense of justice, you know? Yes. You know, don't cut me off, I won't cut you off, don't ride my bumper, I won't ride your bumper. Right. And I love that analogy because I don't know what it is about driving, but it makes us, it makes me somewhat petty at times. Right. And I, I have done, I've probably done the same thing that he has done, you know, if, if you know, he told, you know, if somebody runs up on his bumper, he wants to run up on their bumper, you know what I'm saying? And you know what's really awkward is when we do that and then we both pull into the church parking lot <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, have you ever gotten mad at somebody? Like if they cut you, they totally cut you off and then you notice you do the exact same thing to somebody else like two days later? No, I'm a perfect driver. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have. I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that, and I'm like, man, I got, I, I honked at that person when they did that to me, you know? Right. And I'm, and this person behind me didn't honk at me. You know what I'm I got mad at a dude one time because I was driving at night, and I don't know what I was doing that made this person so angry at me. I guess I was going too slow because yeah. I was going to speed limit or something. But this guy was riding up behind me, and he it was like at nighttime, and he kept flicking his brights on at me. Yeah. Like what in the world is going on? And he just kept flicking his brights at me. <laughs> Stop. So then it gets to a point where he can go around me on this two lane highway, and he goes around me. So I bright him back. <laughs> I'm uh... like, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I've got a story. I'll, I'll share it. And I I felt bad about this almost immediately as I did it, but I pulled I, I cut somebody off a little bit. They were going really fast. They they should not have been going fat, that fast on that road. But I did cut them off. Shame. And they, like, laid on their horn for, like, 15 seconds. Like, they, they had plenty of time to stop, and they were just laying on their horn at me. I didn't do anything for a long time, but they, they were going the same route as I was. And I pulled off to get onto my dirt road. And, and there's, a, there's a stop sign, you know, right? Like, so there's, there's, you know, roads that intersect, and the road that I pulled off, there's a stop sign if you, if you hadn't pulled off. So as I pulled onto the dirt road, I saw that they were going past me. So I laid on my horn. As I turned away from him to leave, <laughs> very petty, you know, but and I felt bad about it, but I also got a little bit of a, a little bit of ejection and of adrenaline because as I laid on my horn, I saw them stop and I was like, oh, they're stopping at the stop sign. Nope, they backed up and they were gonna follow me for real. <laughs> but they decided not to, I guess, because I was going down a dirt road. So I was like, that was not a good idea because <laughs> if they had wanted to really follow me, that that would have been. That would have been really bad. But, I mean, <laughs> I think it was like a 40-year-old woman or something like that. But definitely not what I should have done. Right. Because, you know, I understand she was mad at me, and I was kind of in the wrong in that situation. But she was a little bit in the wrong in that situation, too. But I shouldn't have responded, you know. I shouldn't have. I should have just been like, you know what, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Right. But, uh, but we, 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 get, we get an inflated sense of justice and ego when we drive. Or at least I do. Right. I had to work on that. But it's only for other people, though. Mm -hmm. It's never for yeah. myself. Yeah, because when I do something wrong and I drive, I'm like, oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <Yep>. That's it. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry about you. Sorry about that. But I think that was the main problem these, these people had. Not only that they wanted to discredit Jesus and get him thrown out and be have their egos inflated more, but they, they thought, you know, we're holy people. We're good people. I think Matthew 25 uh in, or excuse me, Matthew 23, verse 25, explained this well. And Jesus was saying, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. These were extremely prideful people to think that we're so much better than everyone else. We can exact justice on everyone else, and the law applies to us, but not as heavily as it applies to everyone else. Yeah. They I probably mean, thought yeah. they, they didn't have a whole lot of sin. And it's not it's not often that you think about, you know, how bad you're a sinner most of the time until somebody, you know, you hear it in a really good sermon or right. or Jesus calls you out directly on it like he did them, you know. So I think a lot of it reminds me also of the lawyer that came to Christ when he was asking him what are the greatest commands and he said, Love your neighbors yourself, love love God with all your heart, soul and mind. He said, well, who's, who's my, my neighbor? neighbor? Yeah. Why does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> the command is love your neighbor. Well, who is that? Trying to justify himself like, well, I know the law, and I know that my neighbor's not everyone, right? Yeah. But the law is love your neighbor. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's incredible the arrogance of human beings, even the arrogance of myself. I'm often astonished at how arrogant I can be. <laughs> When you get away from the moment and the, the heat of the moment, it you, you can oftentimes feel a whole lot more shame than you do justification. So, Right. I mean, can you imagine what these people thought as they were leaving Jesus with this woman? Like, I'm admitting to everyone here that I'm a sinner because I will not throw a stone. Yeah. You know how hard that must have hit their egos to be in a— even for the Pharisees and scribes, they had to stand there and go, you know what, I'm, I'm a sinner too, and I have to walk away. <laughs> I mean, what a what a strike down on their pride. And honestly, that's going to happen to all of us eventually. If it's not in this world, it's going to be the next one. Yeah, we need to, I mean, it's easy to look down on the scribes and Pharisees and think about how bad a people they were. But, I mean, oftentimes, I think if we were honest with ourselves, we can identify with them, you know, probably more yeah. often than we would really like. So It's kind of like... What the what the lawyer did, trying to justify ourselves, we say, well, look at these scribes and Pharisees. Yeah. Well, I would never do that. Right. Well, let's turn the mirror on ourselves for a minute and think about all the things that we've done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God they're not recorded in the Bible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've often wondered, it's like, man, I wonder if I would be recorded in the Bible. You know, I probably don't want the answer to that question sometimes. <laughs> there are probably times that I would not be recorded. In a, there are definitely times I would not be recorded in a favorable light. Right. Even so, the apostles sometimes, though, which this is a whole other conversation that we could probably have another time. Yeah. But, yeah. But even the apostles weren't perfect. Nobody's perfect. And the sooner we realize that, the better our lives are going to be, honestly. Well, I think that's really what this, this story is, is here for, you know. Right. We're not perfect. You know, we're not perfect, no. But other people aren't perfect, and you should treat them with mercy because I'm willing to. That's what Jesus is saying here. Right. You know. I'm willing to treat them with mercy, and I am perfect. You be willing to treat them with mercy because you're not perfect, and you're not above me, you know. And I think that's I think that's a pretty hard hitting. That's a pretty hard hitting um, uh, lesson that he taught. Just like just like when he was serving the de- the, the disciples, he was, he was washing their feet. He said, "The servant is not above his master." He said, "I'm perfect. I'm your master, and I'm willing to serve you. So you go serve others." It's the same point he's making here. I mean, it's a, di- it's a different point, but it's the same way. He's making right. it the same way. I am perfect, and I am doing this. You are not perfect, so you go do this. Right.
I think that about wraps up this conversation. I mean, there's many, many things we could talk about and go into further detail, but we're already past the 30 minute mark. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, So without further ado, I'm Isaac. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brandon. This is the King's Advocate Podcast signing off.